Justin Biggert and his friends started getting lighter gear and going faster in the backcountry, which led to training for and racing in the European-derived sport of ski mountaineering, or skimo. So I don't really know the right answer to how skimo came around in general. It's a European sport. I tend to gravitate towards European sports. First started by trying to find the gear and train and get the conditioning in to just move really fast in the mountains. So just cover a lot of ground and whether that's uphill or downhill. So we started gravitating towards the super light boots, super light skis, super light bindings, super light skins, and then just all the gear that goes along with it. That's kind of fun. And, and a lot of it just mimicked for us, at least this group was trail running in the snow. It was something to do in the winter that felt a lot like trail running. And it, and it turned out being very, it turned out to be very good training for trail running as well. You know, skin to win had started. And so King and Queen of the Ridge at Bridger Bowl, you know, been around forever. But uh, it seemed like back in those days, a lot of people were still doing it on like heavy metal, you know, backcountry gear. Um, so there were schema-like events, but they weren't close to what they are now, I would say, in the States. My first schema race ever was the, uh, the Grand Traverse in Colorado. And it's the one that goes from Crested Butte to Aspen overnight. I can't remember how long it is. It might be 40 miles. That's your first race? Yeah. So <laughs> we showed up with, uh, I showed up with basically a backcountry setup. Pretty light Dinafit skis, um, maybe like 90 under feet. Dinafit bindings, pretty light Dinafit boots. It was just my backcountry setup. Big full skins. And you have to do a gear check-in for that race. And I remember uh, looking around and everybody had super light stuff. And we showed up with these. And even even the, the people checking our gear were like, you know, you sure you want to do this race on this package? And we were like, uh, it's kind of the only ones we've got. So let's go for it. And it was brutal. It was just a suffer fest. It was probably the, the most, it was the hardest event that I've ever done. A lot to do with the gear and just not knowing what we were getting ourselves into. So quick story from there is right after that for the rest of racing and even just like backcountry skiing around Bozeman and in Jackson, I went to a uh, ski trap ski. Uh, I think they, I think they're 140, I think 145 or 140 might be the longest ski you can have to actually participate in a traditional schema race. So I think they're 140. They're maybe 70 underfoot. They weigh nothing. They're featherweight. I had plum bindings on them and then, um, you know, skins that are race skins that are halfway connected to the front, halfway down the ski. And then I had, um, I still have my Scarpa Aliens. So really, really, uh, really light boots um, with a lot of range of motion that, uh, you know, go from ski block mode really easily, which is a flick of a switch. Um, and I, I still have those. I mean, I've probably been skiing those for, it's probably been seven years on those skis and that setup. And, um, they're super fun. They're great for anything except like really um, creamy, heavy snow. Otherwise, they've been awesome. And so I went back and done the Grinch first twice more on that setup. And uh, it's way better. It's night and day. You can run in them. So like uphill, you can you can run like you're, you're trail running. You hand them to people and they, um, they just, they're astonished that you can actually ski them. But they're super rigid. I think they're probably mostly carbon fiber. Super durable. And yeah, so they feel like maybe a skate ski really really light i'm sure technology's come a long way i think definitely on the boots i'm sure you could probably buy those same skis and bindings but the boots probably have come like to full carbon shell but that stuff it's like it's like bikes it's like road bikes and mountain bikes you can spend a lot of money really fast just to gain like you know a couple grams of weight right. you know or lose a couple grams of weight yeah. 
So, yeah. so tell us about what the, the sort of courses would be like in, in a, what is schema terrain? How would that differ from backcountry? Yeah. Um, so a typical schema race is going to be on a ski resort and it's going to be uh, a bit like a hamster on a wheel. You know, you're going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. And generally it's up and down both the hardest parts of the mountain. So it's not like you're like, um, you know, you're, you're skinning Pierre's knob up. You're, you're going through the trees and it's switchbacks and it's kick turns and it's tough up and down. Um, so it's definitely technical skiing. And the average event is about eight miles and four to 6,000 feet. Those are like the weekly schema events. So for someone really good, you know, maybe a little over an hour. For someone like me, that's like a two-hour outing sometimes. But yeah, they're they're a lot like a, a cyclocross race, but on a ski hill. And you know, the, the, there's a great one at Whitefish. I've only done Whitefish and, and Bridger Bowl in the state. They're all about the same. Um, technical, eight, eight, eight miles and five thousand feet, let's say. So it's very little on ground. Surface. So there'll be a skin track. Yeah, so someone will set the course the day before and there'll be a skin track. You know, if it doesn't snow overnight or if it's not snowing or if it doesn't get blown in, you generally have a skin track. But yeah, they try to stay very far away from the groomers. Probably because a lot of the times, you know, some of the racing done while the mountain's open um, or you're just on the edge of the boundary line. And, you know, I guess in, in a lot of cases, there are two classes of races where there'll be the, uh, the easier one that's still quite hard and then the real one. Um, where the easy one might be a lot of groomers and it might be four miles and 2,000 feet. Um, but the, the kind of the main events tend to be, it's, it's all challenging up and down as far as terrain. But my preference is going uphill. I'm, I'm better at the going uphill. I mean, it's amazing seeing people that are really good ski mountaineers, how fast and good they can ski on those tiny skis and varied terrain, whether it's rocks or two feet of powder or solid ice. It's amazing. I'm not, uh, I'm not that guy. And then also transitions. So that's the other thing. That's a big part. It's like cyclocross where you're on and off your bike, jumping over barriers. You know, you've got to get really good at ripping your skins and, um, you know, throwing your skis on your back for boot packs or putting your skins back on things like that. So gear management is a huge thing. I don't, you don't take the time to take the pack off. I usually just throw them in the zipper part of my coat up here. Cause they're really small. By the time you take them off, they're like this big, they're tiny because they're thin and not very long, but I'll throw them in my coat and then just rip them out at the top and try to keep them warm too, you know, next to my chest, basically. I've learned all that the hard way, like frozen skins on races, frozen bindings on races. It's a European sport, right? So it's all about efficiency of movement and gear management. And uh, it's not about, and we always talk about it's like a diesel engine. It's, it's all about like smooth, consistent forward motion. Not too slow, not too fast. And uh, so you can get really, it's, I guess it's a lot like skate skiing and Nordic skiing. You're really geeky about it, you know, with, with all the little things you do and so forth to make yourself slightly faster. Pre-Bridger Bowl opening is always my favorite time of year to ski, especially on little skis. Like that October, almost, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks till the time they open. I love that. That's, that's kind of where I typically get all my base training in. Once Bridger Bowl opens, um, I like History Rock, laps on History Rock, kind of all the way down to the bottom of the bottom meadow and then lap it up to the top because that mimics the terrain, right? It's, it's pretty gnarly, you know, skin tracks and it's pretty varied. You know, it's not, it's, it's moguls and stumps and rocks and stuff on. So that, that looked really good. For longer things like um, 
highlight peak because you do deal with a lot of uh, cat tracks, a lot of like toboggan run, yeah. like spots and races. So a lot, a lot of stuff up highlight works good for that because you always get those toboggan runs in and out. And then I do a lot of Bear Canyon laps. I love Bear Canyon. I think it's fantastic. And now that you can ski it without feeling like you're poaching it, it's just fantastic. And they're so welcoming now and they're into it. And uh, I think people are respecting it a little more now than they were before. But I love Bear Canyon. Night laps. It's 800 feet and you can, you know, you can do a real slow or you can do like intervals up. And up through the throne, like Bracket Creek area, do that a lot. Uh, Bacon Rhyme is a really good kind of get your, try to get your over 2,000 feet without having to turn around kind of training lap. Yeah, those are the, those are the big, like easy, like training, like every day kind of ones. History Rock, I usually, I'll do History Rock four days a week. That's just kind of where I go. Being able to skin uphill on any terrain, even really nice steep groomers on those little skis with the little skins is a whole other part. It takes some time. Yeah, and I think it's all about having uh, weight in your heel, like it just is on any other backcountry ski, but it really tests like where your weight distribution is. There's still really fun skiing powder, oddly, so we'll still use the little skis on powder days. We've done like big days on Blackmore that were pretty heavy powders days, and it's fun. It's not as fun as having a big set of skis, but you, you, know, you get up way faster regardless, and you can just move around more. It is, a, it is a bit of a pain. You do a lot of duck walking, so it's not like a perfect skin track. <laughs> <laughs> you just make it work, huh? Yeah, you just drag yourself uphill. Yeah, I think uh, even just aerobically, backcountry skiing can be like slow and mellow, but if you're moving at kind of a schemo pace or training schemo, it's a lot like training skate skiing. You know, you're, you're, you're in the red zone quite a bit, and then you can recover on the downhills. Um, and your average heart rate is pretty high, but you're either like redlining or you're okay. You know, there's nothing like in between. I've made that mistake a few times too. I, I just use my extendo uh, backcountry poles and I've had those break on me in races and they're not long enough. And then finally when you get like nice, what are kind of like skate, they're basically exactly like skate ski pole with a bigger basket that I don't know the length of them, but they're skate ski size. So when you're, you're up um, kind of at your shoulders, when you're skinning and then there's grips halfway down too. So you don't have to change the length of them. You can just hold the grips halfway down. And those do make a bunch of difference. I drove my feet on those quite a while. Cause I'm like, shit, I don't need to buy another pair of poles, but they, they make a huge difference. Are they carbon yeah. like super rigid poles? Yeah. 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 Okay. And I noticed, so where would someone get a setup like this is like uphill pursuits pretty much the place to go. You know, um, I think so. I don't, I was in there a couple of times last year and I, I think they are, although I got kind of a light backcountry vibe from that shop, which is probably smarter for them, frankly. I mean, I, I where I and kind of my group of people that I've done this with, we bought it all at Schemoco. It's a place out of uh, Salt Lake city. Um, and they have a storefront in Salt Lake, but it's primarily online. And you know, ninety percent of their inventory is is schema stuff, and uh, that way you can get the really, I guess, European stuff. That's the only place I've found that has a lot of it. Hmm. Um, there seems to be stuff popping up, like small pieces, like Dina Fit stuff, at other shops. But uh, that's that's where I've got all my stuff. I prefer to buy local, though. You know, I think those, I think those Bear Canyon races. I think part of that is getting more people involved in the sport. So I, I would imagine that that's a great spot to start. 
I and a couple of buddies just kind of, I guess we, we just learned it on our own. We learned a lot the hard way. I mean, we just did some backcountry races and then we signed up for a race at Target. Day one was Target, day two was Jackson. And I just got destroyed. Like you just get, it was just horrible. But then you're watching the people that are like Olympic, like Olympic quality athletes. Cause you get to ski, that's the cool thing. There'll be 20 people on a race. Cause not many people do this. It's probably way more now. This was five years ago. And you know, three of them, are olympic level athletes you know in a different sport maybe but uh so you can kind of watch what they do and how the gear they have but i don't know if there's any I, youtube's actually been good i remember watching youtube videos about how to transition how to like rip your, your skins and put them away put them back on other than the bear canyon thing in bozeman i don't know if there's another like formal training program but there does seem to be a big group of people that do it way more now than uh five years ago but I had heard through the grapevine that like 50, 60 people would show up for those uh, races at Bear Canyon that um, Uphill Pursuits was putting on, which is awesome. And it is fun to do it at, at night too. You know, it is something that you can do. Not unlike or like Nordic skiing, you can throw a headlamp on and go to Bear Canyon or something and just get some exercise in, in the dark hours. Big Sky finally allowed for uphill travel last year, like during open hours i did that quite a bit there's a there was a, a course up andesite or an uphill course up andesite and you'd come down the groomers and it was a great way to get vertical because really all you want to do for the training is you just want to get as much vertical as you can without getting hurt i mean that's like that was our mantra it's like uh you just don't get injured and just as much uphill travel as you can on the skis but um yeah, so I'm assuming that just expand last year and it'll expand this year. And I, I would imagine that if, 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 Big, if Bridger Bowl can figure out their avalanche protection protocol and have, a, have like a safe uphill route somewhere next to a boundary line, it's, it seems like the trends are going that resorts are all doing that. Because you know? we, would, we would go to Brighton a lot down in uh, Brighton has a great uphill travel. It's fantastic. Like half, you know, there'll be a hundred people training schema on Brighton, you know, while it's open. Targi has uphill travel. Um, Snow King has a really fun uphill course. It's mostly boot pack, but you can do laps on Snow King. Um, Whitefish has great uphill travel. And that's kind of my favorite. I like the, I actually would prefer to just have a resort where I can put some music on, listen to a podcast and go do like two hours of laps basically. And not have to worry about avalanche or crappy snow or putting a skin track in. I'd much rather just go like, just do it for exercise. It's probably even more important than a compatible backcountry ski partner. You need a compatible like schema partner because a lot of the races you have to do with a partner anyway. All the races we've done in Colorado, you, you have to do it with two people. So you need someone that like has the same risk profile, the same like goals and endurance and willingness to work and get out every day. And last year I just didn't have anybody. Um, so it totally, I just didn't even go out, you know, otherwise I'm just backcountry skiing. I really enjoy going to like, History Rock, frankly, and getting like 5,000 to 8,000 feet of skiing while like the backcountry skiers do one lap in the same amount of time. And it's not even like probably a fitness thing. It's just like my shit weighs like 2% of your <laughs> split board, <laughs> you know, I just have a lot more fun. Maybe because I'm getting older. Here, I just like the uphill too. A lot of backyard adventuring this year, nothing crazy, just because I don't know what's available. It is the fountain of youth. I mean, it's good for the knees, the uphill. I mean, I, I still think skinning is like the single best uh, way to move the human body, um, just mechanically. 
for uh, fitness and you know flexibility and cardio is fantastic. So. Come back to thelastbestski.com for more interviews and the scoop on skiing in Southwest Montana. Until next time, happy trails.